Hello everyone and welcome to the third and final installment of the Myositis podcast series. Today I'm going to be focused on the treatments um, for each of the diseases that I chose to talk about. I'm going to talk about the current strategy, how effective the current strategies are, and some new experimental um, treatments or clinical trials that are going on currently to help um, find new treatments for the diseases. So I'm going to start by talking about polymyositis and the most common treatment, uh, treatments that are used. Um, the most common treatments are corticosteroids, prednisone to be um, more exact, it is very effective in controlling symptoms. It suppresses the immune response and reduces swelling and inflammation. Because there is currently no cure for polymyositis, dermatomyositis, or inclusion body myositis, the best that people can do is treat the uh, disease and hope that um, the symptoms aren't as severe. Prolonged use of corticosteroids, such as prednisone, is um, can have some serious side effects. So that is why it, it is not ideal um, for patients with polymyositis to just use corticosteroids. Um, <clears throat> another thing that physicians may uh, offer is corticosteroid sparing agents. And these are used with another corticosteroid and these drugs decrease the dose and potential side effects that are experienced when using just a normal corticosteroid such as prednisone. Um, it is an effective initial treatment, but not all patients can, uh, will respond to the treatment. Another downside of using these common treatments of corticosteroids is that several years of suppressing the immune system may be needed to achieve certain results that a patient may a patient may want. So, for the patient's muscles to become stronger or um, have more mobility than before, then years of using these immunosuppressants will be needed to achieve those results. So there are about um, four traditional immunosuppressants or um, corticosteroid sparing agents that are used with polymyositis. And there are a couple new drugs that are being used, but those are usually used to improve lung function. Um, some patients have also responded well to intravenous infusion of anti antibodies from donors. This treatment is uh, um, uses intravenous Im immunoglobulins, or IVIG. These extra antibodies confuse the immune system and temporarily alleviates the attack that is going on in the muscles, which can help reduce the swelling and inflammation and also um, mus muscle damage. Next, I'm going to talk about dermatomyositis and um, the most common treatments used. So again, with dermatomyositis, it, since the symptoms are similar to polymyositis, uh, corticosteroids, prednisone, can be used. And the cortico 
steroid sparing agents as well. Um, a drug called mycophenolate modafil is used if the lungs are involved, if there happens to be lung disease, because uh, that can happen with dermatomyositis, then that drug would be used. And if there is a persistent rash, a physician might give anti-malarial medications to help with those symptoms. And finally, the last uh, disease, inclusion body myositis, also is deals um, with corticosteroids as the first initial treatment. But the problem with using corticosteroids is that many patients with inclusion body myositis do not respond to the immunosuppressants. Physicians and experts um, that are studying inclusion body myositis said that one of the most beneficial things that someone with this disease can do is to have um, an exercise plan and stay active so that way they can improve and maintain improve and maintain their muscle strength. Um, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and speech ther- therapy may also be helpful since um, inclusion body myositis uh, weakens all of um, your muscles, including your throat muscles. Um, some side effects are worse than any potential any potential benefit of taking a corticosteroid or any corticosteroid sparing agent. So um, there are um, some clinical trials going on trying to find a drug that could help um, suppress the immune system and hopefully slow down the rate at which IBM um, occurs. So since I went over the treatments for each disease, I want to go over the new experiments and clinical trials that are going on um, that aim to find a more efficient treatment or a drug to help um, suppress the immune system or some of these symptoms that people are experiencing. So for polymyositis and dermatomyositis, the research that I found was kind of inter- interchangeable between the two so, since the symptoms are the same. So there is this HP Axar gel or a- adrenocorticotopic hormone gel that is currently being tested right now. With this Axar gel, um, it is still in phase one. So it only dealt with a small number of patients, but recently a small case series documented the significant improvement in both cutaneous and musculoskeletal symptoms in five patients that have dermatomyositis. It induces the production of endogenous cortisol, corticosterone, aldosterone, and it binds to melanocortin receptors on lymphocytes and other cells to regulate immunologic responses. And this topical gel um, induces the production of different hormones in your body, and it binds to receptors on lymphocytes and other cells in order to regulate immune responses. There is another drug called 
BAF 312 or BAF 312, and it is being developed by Novartis Pharmaceutical. And this drug is being tested on individuals who do not respond to current or traditional treatments. So the corticosteroids or the corticosteroid sparing agents. Um, this drug would act on cells of the immune system to inhibit the migration to inflammation location. So this drug should reduce swelling, pain, and tissue damage. One thing I found interesting about BAF 312 is that if this drug is safe, safe and effective, it is an alternate way to standard corticosteroid treatments. And it can also be beneficial with helping people who don't respond to the traditional ways of treating these diseases. So the current clinical trials dealing with polymyositis and dermatomyositis deal with the um, development of new drugs to suppress um, or weaken some of these, the symptoms that people experience. But with inclusion body myositis, there are drugs, not only drugs being used to um, try, and, try and treat IBM, but there's also gene transfer um, of a certain gene called folistatin, which I found to be interesting. So first, I'm going to talk about the two drugs. Um, the first one, arumaclomal, is um, this protein-folding drug. People with inclusion body myositis have abnormally clumped and folded proteins inside of their muscle cells, and arumaclomal would help maintain proper folding and get rid of the clumps and the bumps that are in the muscle. This is the first drug of this type to be studied in IBM, and it is being developed by in London at the University College of London. This drug is would be useful in not only IBM, but it can address protein misfolding that would may be useful in helping find a cure or treatment for Alzheimer's and Parkinson's since. Uh, those two diseases also deal with misfolded proteins. The next drug, pioglitazone, um, was actually approved by the FDA in, in 1991 for diabetes. And this drug increases the production of certain enzymes that improve the health and function of mitochondria. And this was proven in uh, diabetic patients. So John Hop Hopkins University is researching and um, with the hope that the same effect is seen with patients who have IBM, because research has shown that there is defective mitochondria in the skeletal muscle of patients of, um, who have IBM. So researchers are hoping to see if this drug will increase the production of an enzyme called PGC1-alpha. The final treatment that has been recently tested is the folistatin gene tr transfer. So this would um, entail there being a benign virus carrying um, 
of this folistatin gene. And this virus is RAAV1 or the recombinant adeno-associated virus 1. So this benign virus would carry this folistatin gene to quadricep muscles, and it would block the protein myostatin, which inhibits muscle growth. So um, Kevin Dooley, who is in charge of this um, folostatin gene transfer, um, reported that no adverse effects were detected, and patients who got injected with this folostatin gene improved on their six-minute walk test while the control patients actually worsened. So the results seemed promising, but much, much more research is needed because gene therapy is still typically new and it has potential risks, unlike medications or drugs, which can be stopped or regulated if adverse effects arise. But once a gene is injected to someone and um, adverse effects are experienced, there is no removal or stopping of the gene. So that's why a little bit more research is needed before we can fully be confident in this folistatin gene transfer um, improving IBM. So to summarize, I went over the treatments that are available for each disease and how effective they are. Um, and since there is no cure, I mentioned some clinical trials that are going on right now to develop new treatments. And a lot of these treatments include newer drugs or even topical gels. And in the case of IBM, gene transfer is even a possibility um, to help treat um, these rare autoimmune diseases. So I want to thank you guys for listening and I hope you enjoyed it.